behind this patent is an individual his name is Gary Schuster and I did a little bit of research on him and he actually has quite a few patents out there he's actually sort of known for that and I don't know if that takes away or adds to the value of this patent but um, anyway basically the purpose of this patent is as best I can describe it, um, to provide complete access to an individual or group of people into a remote area. And I mean complete access without actually being there. So both virtual access as well as we're going to get into it, but sort of even remote physical access into a remote area. So some uses for something like this, being able to get complete remote access to an area, um, could possibly and pretty much obviously be for just reasons of not being able to actually make it to the area. So that could be for financial reasons or even just time constraints. Maybe you aren't able to make it from point A to point B within the certain amount of time. Maybe you have two meetings you got to be in, 
you know, almost simultaneously, maybe just a few hours apart, but also half the world in distance apart. And so being able to do this to where you could virtually be somewhere, but also extend that virtuality to somewhat physically be somewhere without actually being there. And then another aspect to this that I had not really thought of much before was that maybe a famous celebrity or somebody who carries a certain persona about them isn't able to be in, let's say, like a meeting or maybe it's a conference or a venue where if their presence was there, it would completely change the dynamic of the meeting and maybe what could or should be said or done wouldn't be done because a certain individual might be there. Um, mentioned within the patent is maybe, let's say, a president of the United States wants to attend the CES um, held in Las Vegas, and if they were to go there, the presenters may then present differently than if someone famous like that was not there. Taking that a little further, I think that let's think something maybe like FBI or a cop or something needs to be at a location because they have intel that at a certain location, you know, something's going to go down they need to see or be there for. But obviously if they're there, the people that they're going to go meet are going to act differently. And so with this technology provides a way to they can basically be there without actually being there. And it won't change the dynamic or the environment uh, so this, this is some pretty cool stuff we're going to get into here. So there's already some current technology sort of like this where it uses, well, I, I mean, I could think of sort of like at the beginning there was robots and some of those recordings I was using. And that's one way where already a robot can act as a person being controlled by the person remotely. And so that's sort of, you know, taking into account, like, okay, I'm not able to be there, but in my place will be a robot acting for me, and they can control the robot, so in a way, it's them, but as we were able to hear through those recordings, it can be very awkward talking to a robot, so then again, it sort of distorts the natural contact from person to person, and it's going to immediately just disrupt the, just the natural aspects of human interaction and so it's not it's not gonna be as organic as though the person were there themselves and another way this is used is without any kind of robot or person taking the place of the individual it's just all virtual and so this can be simply on a computer or a virtual reality headset where you can't make it to a place so let's say you want to go visit maybe like the Louvre in France or something and you're in the United States, and obviously there's going to be a lot of money to travel there and go there, but there may be some kind of already pre-recorded tour of the Louvre that you can view from your computer or, like I said, a headset. And so in a way, you're there remotely, but you don't have any access or control of the tour. It's all pre-recorded, and there may be some technology that allows you to view from the left to the right, but for the most part, it's very limited. So what really sets this patent apart from the current technology is that it uses what it calls a live avatar and an operator. And so 
this was confusing while reading the patent, but a live avatar is literally just another person that will be in the location desired by the operator. So the operator would be the consumer and the live avatar is part of the product. So the live avatar, let's say going back to going to like a big conference, if an individual is not able to make it there, they would have a live avatar be there instead. So it's just another person acting for them. And to quote the patent itself, it says, for the purpose of this disclosure, the person who is not physically present at the event is the physical attendee or live avatar. And the person not physically at the event is the operator, virtual attendee, or remote person. A big purpose of this, instead of using something like a robot or just simple cameras or pre-recorded tours and stuff like that is because of something that deals with our own anatomy and that is higher and lower brain functions. So again, I'm just going to quote what's already in the patent here. And it says that broadly speaking, there are two kinds of brain function, higher brain function, such as talking, thinking, observing, learning, and otherwise processing data or movement in a delayed manner and lower brain functions corresponding in many ways to those brain functions present in humans, but also in animals with higher brain function and include such functions as walking in direction, the high functions direct, moving the mouth, teeth, and other muscles responsible for speaking the words as directed by high functions, breathing, standing, avoiding objects when walking, and in some cases, learned lower function as operating the mechanical aspects of driving a vehicle. So basically lower functions are just, if you think of an animal, what they are capable of doing, um, and higher functions has to do with thinking and communicating with words and observing and learning. Those are the main things is learning and observing, I think, being able to take in. Um, and those are things that, as at least for now, artificial intelligence is not at the same level as human intelligence. And so... It's just, it's lacking if a robot is being used in place of a human. And so that is why a human or a live avatar will be used in place of the virtual attendee or operator or remote person. And ways that the live avatar will be able to use their higher brain function in order to reflect the higher brain function of the operator is the hard part. That's, that's, I think, the real challenge in this patent. And the, the ways that are listed for the possibilities of this happening are very, very interesting. And one of the main things is just being able to control this live avatar from the remote area. And that's where it starts getting a little bit, I think, creepy because it the live avatar is a person, but the idea of this patent is to almost make this person a complete puppet. And to begin with, has a lot to do with just where this live avatar is directing his or her sight. And so some of the ways they list that this could be possible is that the controller or the operator will be able to direct a laser beam or some kind of light in the direction that he or she wants to look. And so... If they want to look to the right, this laser beam will pan to the right. And the 
live avatar will then follow that laser and look around to the right and maybe they'll end up making eye contact with a certain individual that this operator wants to talk to. Another way might be that the live avatar is wearing some kind of glasses with like a prism type lens that will be able to, I mean, just bend light. And so as that prism can rotate, um, it'll show to the live avatar what it is that they should be looking at. And then they'll look at that. And my favorite is using haptic technology. And so I'm going to go ahead and sort of define what haptic technology is right now. And basically the word haptic has to deal with touch and feeling like physical feeling. And this is something that's very big right now in a lot of the virtual reality, I guess, companies and technology out there because it's sort of the next step into mixing the virtual reality into a mixed reality because it's taking not just visual aspects of virtual reality, but it, you're then implementing touch and feeling. And so there's a lot of technology out there where you wear maybe like a glove or some kind of bodysuit um, and it creates feeling through transducers, mostly pneumatic, giving pressure to different points on your body, which is meant to resemble and replicate whatever is going on in that virtual world. And so it, it creates that mixed reality where you're actually feeling it within the virtual world. And so they plan on in this patent to use haptic technology to maybe, instead of making a visual signal on where to look, actually making a physical impulse to create, uh, it could be natural movement or it could be learned behavior, such as if you feel a slight pulse on your right hand to look to the right or they also go into mentioning that it could be so far as some kind of control to the neurological system to where you don't even think about it. It just happens. A pulse is sent into the neurological system and the live avatar looks to the right if that's what's desired. So again, like I said, a little bit creepy because it's, the idea is to take a live person and basically create a puppet for the operator. So hopefully at this point, a decent picture is drawn of how this can be used basically from one person to another. But it doesn't stop there within the patent. It goes into detail on how multiple operators could be used while also utilizing multiple live avatars. So imagine playing something like FIFA or some kind of you know NBA 2K or anything that involves multiple players within a virtual world. So you are somewhat the controller. You control what's going on because you have the controller, but you don't experience physically much of what's going on. And so imagine a scenario like that where there's multiple people and there could also be multiple controllers and you can play multiplayer. So with that in mind, I'm going to go ahead and read what it says in the patent. It says, in one implementation, one or more operators monitor the input from one or more live avatars. And when the input indicates that the operator is in an area of interest, the operator inhabits the live avatar, taking control for the period the operator desires. The live avatar may receive a signal indicating that control has been taken or relinquished. When control is relinquished, the live avatar may be given 
or operates on previously given instructions as to what items, places, or events to proceed to. So basically, I guess what this is saying is it's kind of like when you're playing a video game of sports and you, you're you controlling one player, but when you want to switch players, you know, you might press a certain button that allows you to switch to a different position or different player. And this would all sort of happen autonomously or automatically uh, based on where the controller or the operator decides to that, that they want to be. And so you, you'll be able to switch from player to player more just automatically and just have to realize that this would be like a live avatar. So at some some way, this live avatar person needs to be understood, okay, now it's not me playing anymore, it's the controller using me to play. Or maybe, okay, I just switched players and now this guy is basically me it's just it's just crazy stuff. I mean, it's it's stuff that definitely is just from the future. I mean, it's part of our patent future here. So to quote them again, they say here in another implementation, the live avatar may multicast to multiple operators. The operators may be given control over the live avatar via an algorithmic mechanism, such as spending money or units of control credit by region the live avatar is located randomly or by other selection criteria. In one implementation, the live avatar may be transmit only and enable people to experience the sights and sounds as seen by the live avatar. One such example might be to equip an entire professional hockey team with binocular cameras and stereo microphones, allowing a plurality of operators to occupy players of their choices during a professional hockey game, playing the role of goalie for a period, then forward, and etc. So there they sort of paint that same picture of being able to... I mean, here they're talking about a live, like, NHL game. Basically where you would be playing those positions. And that's pretty crazy to think about. That, like, from your couch, basically, you'd be able to get up and play goalkeeper of an NHL game. That's crazy. And also realize that, like, it's mentioned in there about a lot about money and while reading this patent, it seemed a lot to me that more than the idea of using live avatars, it seemed like this patent was more trying to grab the idea of making this a commercial business. And here's another example within the patent of talking about how basically you would bid on what areas of like the ice rink you would want. And obviously other, some areas may be higher than other, you know, maybe goalkeeper is the highest desired places. So that would be the most expensive. And so whoever just pays the most gets to use or gets first choice on what area of the ice rink they get to occupy. Um, and there was another thing is, you know, the live avatars would be, that'd be a job. Um, I imagine, you know, maybe in the future being at places such as the Louvre or other places that might get a lot of foot traffic, a big touristy area instead of having tour guides. Well, in addition to tour guides, they could have just these live avatar people just waiting until somebody in some remote area of the world chooses to go on a tour of, you know, this famous landmark, maybe like the great wall of China or something. And this live avatar starts going, but it's not them on the tour. It's the operator and they are controlling this live avatar. It's, it's something pretty crazy. Um, yeah, it's definitely part of our patented feature.
push it bigger and better. Have you ever wanted to go skydiving? This is not just one really cool stunt. It's a combination of the Dream Jump system alongside what will be now the world's largest urban zip line to base jump from. I think the first person that gets in that Dream Jump harness does not have any prior sky experience is going to be in for a ride. I mean, but maybe it was too expensive. Maybe you have a fear of heights. It's something you want to do, but just can't bring yourself to do it. Well, imagine actually being able to do it without actually doing it. And that's also what this technology can do by making it as real as possible. And you can even control the live avatar that's actually jumped out of the plane or off of this base jump in Dubai. You're in control, whether that's through that haptic suit or some kind of other way. You're controlling what's happening. They're doing it. And it is mentioned that there will be some kind of safety mechanism to where you won't, the operator won't be able to control this skydiver to a point where it's going to harm their own <clears throat> safety. So this is going to be pretty cool.